you guys chill out? I'm trying to do a podcast. Fucking Carrie White. That's the Carrie. That's that's the movie Carrie. I've never seen that. I don't know what to do with that. It's basically a white girl and she burns everyone because they're mean to her. Oh, Mike, she don't look too scary to me. <laughs> yeah, until you until you bully her too much, you bully her and then she burns you to the ground. Set you on fire. Pretty much, yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, you're hearing it live. We're getting ahead of ourselves already here in section three one two. We have the week seven recap, an all new starting five of scary characters. Plus, the deadline is creeping up for the NFL. We got the World Series going on right now as we're recording. Alex Pat stops by. He's the host of Climbing the Ivy. Plus, the NBA season starts tonight. We're just full of everything tonight. I could have bet on the Clippers, but I didn't. Plus, we wrap up the show with some Sneedler's List and a BGOTW and some fame or fraud. But before we do that... This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process, guys, and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research. If you guys don't follow sports, don't know anything about any athlete, they already have the top tiers listed. You just go give them your money, choose the best people that are available. You can win some money. And when you do and you sign up with them, Enter our code SEC312 and they will match you on your first deposit of up to $10. You deposit $10, enter our code, they'll give you $10. Thrive Fantasy, check them out in the App Store today. Week 7, NFL recap. I don't know where to start. I'm going to let you guys choose. Where do you want to start? I want to start with saying saying RIP to... To my fantasy team, the the team that had <laughs> my team that had David Johnson, Carryon Johnson, and Kenny Galladay on it. That's that was a bad week. week. And not only that, but the guy I was facing had Sony Michelle, Marvin Jones Jr., and Darren Waller. Waller baller. Just to just to rub that in. That was who he had. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I would have won my game if I didn't bench Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make me feel better, but thank you. <laughs> 61 points on my bench. Because now on Johnson's on IR, and it's just, it's just terrific. Is that in our league? That's in my big money league. I spent uh, 12 people, 120 bucks a person. Man. And I'm a... And I, I started out 0-4, went on a two-game win streak. The guy I was facing had Mahomes, so, of course, he gets hurt. I'm like, oh, my God, I actually have a chance. Huh. And then eight touchdowns later, I'm losing by 100. So, okay. fantastic. So, I'm 2-5 and five in my $100 league, right? One game I what? lost by one and a half points, and the other game I just lost this week is because I benched Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't. What is it about being in a big money league that is always ends up being your worst league? And what sucks is I uh, I had Emmanuel Sanders and I dropped him, and now he's going to the 49ers where they're actually going to use him. He got traded to the 49ers. 
Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're going to jump right into it. The 49ers, they got Emmanuel Sanders for about a couple draft picks. And this huh. past week, they beat the Redskins 9 to nothing. In the mud bowl. It was a rainstorm. Like, yeah. slipping and slide conditions. The players yeah. seemed, well, at least the 49ers seemed to enjoy it. The players did. Chase after yeah, the quarterback, then you get to... It, like, celebrating and, and sliding around. <laughs> it, was a, it was cool. It was a scene. But, uh, you know, defensively, they're really good, and they keep showing it. Yeah, I still want them. I still want them to play a real team, though. I agree. Yeah, I mean the schedule has been shit, but I mean you take what you get right now. Because them and the Patriots, they're I feel like they're the most underwhelming, undefeated teams at this point in the NFL season that we've seen in the past few years. Because the Niners, their best team that they beat was probably the Rams, but they played a Rams team that wasn't very good at the time and a Steelers team with no Roethlisberger and Juju not doing anything either. And the Patriots haven't played anybody. So it's kind of weird that they're both. Exactly. The Browns looked like the winless Browns on Monday. I thought that would be a good win, but it's not really. It hasn't been as good. So I mean, this, I mean, you guys brought up already the Patriots. They just (laughs) steamrolled the jets. Like, Bad. But that's what I mean. It's it's the Jets. That's what like I yeah, mean, like yes they have like, Le'Veon. Like, maybe you want to ask like um you know what do you think is it their defense or just the Jets being that bad last night? You know what I mean? Which one do you think had a bigger impact? Well, they brought it up like what what I really don't understand at all with the NFL making the schedules that they made. You have the New England Patriots, who of course are the are the dynasty of the NFL. Their schedule is incredibly easy, at least like at least to this point and moving forward. Their schedule is incredibly easy. The hardest team they have they have to face is probably the Ravens, and maybe the Cowboys. But the yeah, Cowboys, are Cowboys over- Ravens, uh, Chiefs come up a little bit later. Mahomes will probably be back at that time. But yeah, I mean but, it's not a tough schedule all in all. But yeah, like maybe the Chiefs, but. The Chiefs have like barely a running game, and who knows who's going to be healthy by then. Like the Ravens pose the pose the biggest threat to them, but a quarterback like Lamar Jackson is probably going to get demolished by Bill Belichick somehow. So I'm glad you you know you're uh, transitioning to these so fucking well. The Ravens they just beat Seattle on the road. Are they the biggest threat to the Patriots right now? In the AFC. Uh, yeah, in the, in the AFC, they they probably are. I mean, it, it's I think it's a toss up between them and and the Chiefs, obviously. But the Chiefs have no defense. That's that's the biggest issue with a team that yeah. wants to beat New England is you got to be able to get to Tom Brady, make him uncomfortable. The Ravens could do that. And the trade deadline is still approaching. They got Marcus Peters. They could always try to get another piece. They lost Pernell McPhee, so they could use another pass rusher threat. Maybe they, maybe they go after someone. But, yeah, I think the Ravens yeah. at this point are probably the biggest threat to New England out of the AFC. Colts would be my sneaky team. I would say that. Don't count them out. Yeah. They're and not Brissette, bad Brissette, You know, they, they get and, better offensively and put keep playing like they did this past week. You know, they played pretty well against Houston. And Brissett knows that system, having played there. It got drafted by them, and he's pl- or 
Um, or yeah, but he's played he's in the system for, for years, a while. You know, yeah. Yeah. I just think they could be decent. You know, they they keep playing like they did this week on defense. Big stop yeah. on Watson at the end of the game, or a big turnover. So trade deadline's coming up. We're already talking about trades all over the place. <laughs> he's shaping the league. Let's just get to it now before we get away from the NFL. The Bears look bad. They look yes. Bad. And I'm reading multiple reports that they're at a crossroads with Mitch. What do they do with them? What do they not do with them? Am I the only one who is ready for the Mitch era to take? <laughs> you're you're not the only one. I I mean I've I haven't been sold on him. I've I've never been sold on him really to to be honest. I mean he he had a really good year last year, but there were still so many more things he needed to do heading into this year to really make him, you know, that quote unquote elite status. And he took just a tremendous fall this year. And then, and then of course getting hurt didn't help anything, but no, I think in, in a league like the NFL where you need your quarterback to be your quarterback for a long time, I think the bears need to try again. Yeah, I was, I, I was huge on Deshaun Watson. I don't know about you, Vance, but I thought that's who they were going to trade up and get. Well, yeah, that's where me and my dad had talked about it, the whole process. Like, that's the guy that we like. That's the guy that we should just take at number three. And, you know, if he's there, take him. You know, that's who I like. He's a winner. You know, that's the biggest thing. He's always won. You know, in the national championship two years in a row. I mean, you don't you, know, you don't do that by accident. Well, that's what I wanted too, heading into the heading into the the whole draft process, and I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is the guy that beat Alabama back when Alabama was pretty much unbeatable. I'm like, this is the guy who beat Alabama. He's a winner, and he's amazing. Like, why? And he comes Great from athlete. Clemson. Yeah. Like, you know, they they produced good talent all over the place, and you're gonna go with a guy from North Carolina who's started one season. Yeah, twelve college starts. I mean, it just was a little a little sketchy. So, what best case scenario right now for the Bears? What do you think they do? What would you like to see them do? Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's, that's what maybe. I like. You know, you see how good Lamar Jackson is. Then it's like, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't necessarily be a high draft pick either. Those guys seem to slide. Those athletic guys. You know, maybe you can get him in the mid end of the first round or whatever second round. The Bears have two the Bears will have two second round draft picks for next year and obviously no first round pick. Something I thought that might be interesting is if you flip those two second round picks to get, to get a first, first round pick. Yeah. And take a guy I like that I think they could work with is is Jake Fromm. I know he's having a he's having a semi rough year in Georgia, but he's been their starter for three years now. I think a guy like Fromm could be a nice piece for for the Bears. Okay, so I am the complete opposite from both of you, except Vance. I do like Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be the best one to come out of this draft class. I think he is better than Tua. I really do a think Tua is better than Tua. Fly under the radar, yeah. But I think Jalen Hurts is a leader, and I don't think that Tua can lead a locker room. And then the Bears' offense wants to be an athletic kind of spread running offense. Right. Like, that's where I wanted a runner if they could get but, a runner. But I am on a different path than both of you here, okay? Because we don't have time really with this defense that we have right now to waste any years in 
either another rebuild type situation or just trying to find a quarterback to develop into a role, I say we make a move for Cam Newton by the deadline. Cam Newton? He's, he will, he's not going to start another game for Carolina. Who are we going to trade? We have no assets to trade for someone like Cam Newton. I just don't know what his contract situation is like. I would trade. I personally, I would trade Mitch and one of the draft picks. (laughs) But if you're Carolina, you're not going to take that deal. Kyle Allen's better than Mitch Trubisky, and they didn't waste anything on him. He was an undrafted quarterback. They're not going to trade for Mitch Trubisky. They don't want a running back. Because they got McCaffrey, so we can't give him anything there. We're not going to trade Allen Robinson or Khalil Mack. If, I mean, anything, if anything, if if anything, we'd be better off pursuing someone like Teddy Bridgewater, who will be a free agent at the end of the year. You know, I don't like. I said I don't want to just blow this season away right now and wait. I would want to go get a guy that can throw the ball and still move. And can I can he though upgrade from Mitch. With his bad foot, you really want you really want those problems? I don't know, man. I think I really think Cam has played his last game at Carolina. That might be true, but going to Chicago would not. There's because Carolina one would would ask probably way too much for him, and two, the Bears do not have any assets worth trading for Newton that would keep us to be a contender. We're already Chase Daniel. What if the Steelers went after him? We're just that'd be interesting. I mean, we're already a contender. We just can't move the ball on offense. Yeah. Take Minshew Mania. We'll take him in Chicago. Nah, he won't. They were saying they might trade Foles. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I I don't want. I I don't don't want him. Yeah, he's expensive now. That's the thing. Yeah, he's paid. but he's getting paid. He's not worth it. But that's just my hot take. I think Cam Newton would look good in the Bears jersey. As we're recording this, we're watching the World Series. First and third for Houston in the bottom of the first. Who do you guys think takes game one tonight? I like Houston. Yeah, I like Cole, too. I think he's the better pitcher. I think the, the way the way Scherzer looks in this first inning, it means that he's probably not going to go longer than five or six innings, and that Nationals bullpen is a absolute disaster at times. So, yeah, yeah, he's already at sixteen pitches with two outs. Two outs. Yeah, well, he's, he's closing in on he's closing in on twenty. Yeah, they're not quite how you want to start. Oof. You know. I think Scherzer is better than Garrett Cole, to be honest. I'd rather have Max Scherzer than Garrett Cole on my roster. But I think that Houston's lineup is just too good that they're going to get to him, either if they're going to get to him now or they're going to get to him by the third inning. Houston has two-thirds Houston has two thirds of, a, of an advantage because they have a better bullpen and they have a better lineup. It's a toss-up whether you want to say the Nationals' starting rotation is better than Houston's. I'd say that's a push. But they have a better offense and a better lineup and a better bullpen. And that ball is off the wall. Yep, early lead for Houston. Yeah, Nationals have a better third starter. That's about it. I am literally behind, like, both of you. It's like Jerry's seeing everything live, and then I'm watching your screen, Vance, and you're (laughs) 
is happening before my screen. It so is still happening a little before you? Yeah, I'm like, when's he going to hit this thing off the wall now? I'm waiting for it. He's only yeah. I don't know how he got to I don't know how he got to that ball. 97 yeah, up and in on the arm. Right 100 inches. So game one of the World Series is going on right now. Apparently Guriel hit it off the wall. Still haven't seen it happen. Anyway, anyway, off season with the teams. Spoiler alert: <laughs> the Cubs are out on Joe Girardi. Yeah, that's that was. A, I'm I'm a little. I'm still a little surprised by that. Got to be honest. Is he officially going to the Phillies? It sounds like it. It really does. I think that's a good fit. Yeah, I do it's too. A good move for them. Yeah. I do yeah, think for it's both good. of them. Because um, the Phillies, the Phillies are the Phillies are in a win now. They're in a win now mindset too. So you bring a guy like Girardi who's been there and he's done that, then you don't you're not in a rebuild or anything like that. Well, and he doesn't want to rebuild either. He doesn't, you know. Exactly. He he wants to win, and he'll you know kind of push some of those guys that you know Harpers and guys like you know people that are kind of you know, maybe not pushed normally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Harper and uh, Reese Hoskins. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that was the other guy. I couldn't think of him. He was good on my fantasy. <laughs> so, I mean, the Cubs are out in Girardi, and it sounds like they're going all in on this bench coach for the uh, for the Astros. Mr. Joe Espada. It would I, make sense I, why they're waiting. Yeah, you know, it would make sense why they're waiting. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if I'm sold on that, man. You really is he really going to lead us? Well, it sounds almost like like with uh, the Andy Reid system, where it's like you you all these coaches who coached under Andy Reid in the NFL's mind, it automatically makes them head coach material. I wonder if that's going to start happening with the Houston Astros because they've been so good, they did the rebuild and it worked. If now anyone who's a part of it is going to automatically become managerial candidates. Two World Series in three years, or being in it two out of three years. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I wonder if it's just gonna start being like, oh, this he he coached for the Astros and they're really good, so that means yeah. he should be a manager. Like, <laughs> it sounds. I mean, it sounds legit because you could you could pick a bench coach from any of the third, you know, any of the major league baseball teams. You might as well pick the one for the best team in baseball. So, Houston is presumed to be the favorite to win and i'm assuming that's who you guys are going to think is going to win this world series but i want to ask you washington can win the world series if washington can win the world series if their starters can give them seven six or seven strong innings but that needs to be each of them i hate to say two things but you know, like Soto and Rendon have to keep being who they've been. And, yeah, that's part of the reason they've went one games, you know, those two guys and Kendrick. Um, you know, but then their bullpen, like, he always talks about their bullpen terrible. If their bullpen can at least be okay, you know, then they'll have a shot. Because their starters are good. They're going to get them through a lot of things. How many games do you think the Nationals win in this series? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck one out in Houston, but if they I feel like if they don't win a game in Houston, then I think the Astros are just going to sweep them. 
I'd say six games. You know, probably six or seven. I would like to see it go seven. Everybody Agreed. would love to see it go seven. But I, I think that the Nats will get two games. Yeah, I mean, even Strasburg gives him a good chance to steal tomorrow night. You know, um, so he, he gets one early and they steal that game and they, you know, they can take him to a longer series. But I don't think they're going to win tonight. Yeah, sure. I mean, Scherzer's already getting. Yeah, I mean, not just because it's 2 nothing. Okay. I mean, I just picked the Astros game one from the beginning. I, I, I mean, I think Cole's just too dominant. You're not going to beat him at home. Well, and what's going to be interesting is which which Zach Greinke shows up. Because Zach Greinke yeah. really hasn't lived up to his potential in the postseason. If he shows up like he's supposed to in in this game three, then that could really be, you know, that could really be the, 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 the turning point yeah. for the whole series. And you know Corbin's pretty good on the other side, so he's gonna have to be good, you know, for that, you know, for them to win that game. Exactly. So that's talking baseball. <laughs> the only game that's going on, and the only really relative news in the off season right now. But let's get to our interview with Alex Pat. He is the host of Climbing the Ivy. It's a podcast. He came and sat in section three one two. Here's our interview, Alex Pat. Now sitting in section 312, we have the host of Climbing the Ivy, Alex Pat. Alex, thank you for taking the time to sit in section 312. What is Climbing the Ivy? Hey, so uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Climbing the Ivy is the official podcast of Fan-Sided Cubbies Crib. I host that along with my co-host, Adam McGinnis. And we usually try to do weekly shows, and we just talk about the Cubs and baseball. Uh, sometimes we'll do a few shows a week if there's like big news, like let's say there's a big signing or let's say there's like a big trade or something around the trade deadline, but it's usually a weekly show, uh, all year round. So we keep it up in the uh, off season as well. Uh, just talking Cubs. So is this on TV or is it strictly radio and audio? Uh, so this is a podcast, and you can find it on Spreaker.com. You can also find it on iTunes and Stitcher. It's also posted on Twitter as well by my personal account and the official Cubby Scrib account. So, you know, it's your typical uh, sports podcast, I guess. So what made you want to host this podcast? So I joined cubby's crib as a writer back in december of 2017 and they had the podcast at the time uh it was uh it used to be on blog talk radio and uh the main site editor jake meisner uh was doing the show at the time with a few other people and uh, you know i expressed to him that i do podcasting and you know radio stuff uh so uh he brought me on to a few shows and we kind of became partners and after a while he got pretty busy uh, so he just kind of handed me the keys to the podcast, and it was about, I'd say, March of 2018 uh, when he basically made me the host and uh, had me in charge of the podcast. So let's just jump into it. The Cubs, man, they broke my heart this year. Yeah. Cubs fan all my life. Cubs are on the hot seat right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, they fell off this year. Joe Madden, I'm very glad he's gone. I'm tired of the Joe Madden you know, shenanigans that go around in the locker room. I'm tired of the guys wearing onesies on the airplanes. It was cool when they were rookies and getting to know each other, but now it's time to go in there and kick some ass on the field, and they're not. They're just not doing it. Um, men, great signing going back to L.A., but it sounds like Joe Girardi is out on the Cubs job. 
Yeah, I think he's going to go to probably uh, New York or Philadelphia. Uh, that's just kind of I guess right now. You know, when you were talking about Joe Madden, uh, I really like Joe Madden, but I think it was time to move on. To me, it just the whole thing was getting stale, kind of like you indicated. You know, when they were younger and they were coming into the league and they were finding their identity, Joe was the perfect guy. He was a match made in heaven. They won the World Series. But the fact of the matter is that core, they're not kids anymore. So, you know, something's got to change and something will change, obviously. Uh, I think Joe is going to do well in Los Angeles. I think um, him and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani will be fun. But I- I'm I'm excited for a new direction for this team because, frankly, they need a new direction. Now, I was huge on Girardi. I really thought he was going to be the guy that the Cubs signed. He's going to hold these players accountable, have a set everyday lineup to get these guys into a rhythm. And now that he sounds like out of the job, who do you think is that next front runner right now? So it it's going to be between Espada, Joe Espada, or David Ross. Joe Espada is very intriguing because he's got a nice balance of he's younger, but he's got experience. You know, he's as as a coach, as a bench coach, and he's coming from an incredible background. I mean, look at the Astros. Look at where they are now. Look at how they've developed players. Look at the way they they just approach baseball. It is it's almost flawless. And if they win the World Series again, I mean, they're basically what the Cubs hoped to be a few years ago. I mean, you remember when they were talking dynasty and contention every year. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs have been in it every year, but you look at the Astros they have multiple pennants in several years and multiple runs to the championship series. That's who the Cubs want to be. And I think Espada brings a really nice just mix of everything to the table. Just coming from a background like that, really nice balance. And it seems like the front office likes him too. They, that's why they brought him back for a second interview. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, the Cubs could have had guys like Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole to where they could have been in that World Series talk every single year. But instead, we made a couple bad moves. We didn't sign a couple key guys back, which I thought we, you know, should have signed because the Cubs have a history of going out and getting these rentals. And when the time comes at the end of the year to renew these rentals, they don't. And then bad things happen. Okay. Araldis Chapman. I would have paid him what the Yankees paid him. We would have had the closer position. I've been searching. Then we go out, get a guy like Brandon Morrow, who didn't really make sense to me that much. And then, you know, we go out, we get Daniel Murphy, who bats like 300 every year. Zobris goes out. Daniel Murphy would have been a nice guy to fill that void. And now it's like, I really hope they don't do the same thing with Castellanos, who's young, who deserves the money and is a perfect fit, I feel like, for that outfield. Yeah, I I think they really need to bring back Nicholas Castellanos. He loved it here. He fit the team like a glove. He was just the perfect guy to have on this ball club. And he gives you a little bit of everything offensively. You know, he isn't a huge on-base guy, but his on-base is above average. And the guy can hit for power, clearly. He can have a nice approach to the plate. He's just a very nice, balanced player. And yeah, I mean, the glove isn't anything to write home about, but I thought his defense looked pretty solid at Wrigley Field you know you got to remember those awful defensive metrics a lot of that was happening in Comerica Park in not a very friendly ballpark to play in for a lot of types of players Uh, I'm not 
saying he's a gold glover by any means, but when he was on the Cubs, I'm sure you could agree, his fielding, it, it looked solid. It was solid enough to get the job done. Yeah, it looked pretty good to me. I would love to have him back. I, I can't remember what I said. I think I said about, I would if I was the general manager, if I was Theo, if I was president, whatever you want to call it, I think Nick deserves maybe about four years with either a player or a team option for around, I would pay him maybe 78 to $79 million a year. I don't think he's one of the guys to go out and get $25 million a year, no. but that is what I would give him. And I think the play, the fifth year player option is what would get him to sign. Um, because by then he'll be about 31 years old. He can still go out, get another contract, get paid. Cubs can have some financial capability there. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, you know, Zobris is gone. Hamels is not coming back. At least I hope they don't come back. Cause I'm not paying Cole Hamels for what he did this year, what he's worth. No way. Um, who do you think is that big free agent guy available this winter that the Cubs go after? Because there's not a lot of good guys out there. No, there's not. I mean, Nick Castellanos is probably the first guy. But in terms of guys, you know, not not who weren't on the Cubs, I should say, in 2019. I mean, look, the dream is Garrett Cole. But I'm not counting on that happening. Garrett Cole is going to make a stupid amount of money. It's probably going to be worth it, but I just don't see them going in that direction. Uh, You know, there are some guys on the market. I was looking at second baseman. Uh, I was going back and forth between a guy like Howie Kendrick to have a veteran second baseman. I mean, let's say you move forward and you're like, all right, where are we with Nico Horner? Because Howie Kendrick at his age is not going to sign an overly huge deal, but he's shown that he's been productive. You're not going to get him for a glove. You're going to get him for a bat. And having more bats in this lineup would be a really nice thing to have. Uh, So if Nico Horner, you think he needs a little more seasoning after the small sample size and you want to get a veteran in there, uh, a guy like him could be tempting and you have Baez over at short. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Anthony Rendon, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking at guys like that. The other guy who I'm really intrigued by free agent wise is and this would require some moving guys around. But I think they're going to have to uh, is Yasmani Grandal. Now, Yasmani Grandal, you look at his average, you say, well, that's not so great, but he's a 30 home run hitter. His on base is really, really good. The guy's very productive, and he is one heck of a catcher. I mean, I'm just talking about being a catcher. Pitch framing, defense, he is really, really good at all that. He's a little bit older. He's not old, but he's older than, say, Wilson Contreras. If you're looking to move guys around, you know, trade one of the core players, trying to get something in return, and if Wilson Contreras is involved in something like that, then Yasmani Grandal would be a direction they would probably want to go in if they're looking to replace that position, if they trade him away. That's a big if. Yeah, I, I for one, I don't see that scenario anytime soon. I, I've been a big, firm believer here that Wilson Contreras, when it's all said and done, will be the last Cub that remains on that team out of anybody that's on that roster right now. It's not easy to find good catchers, especially ones that can sort of hit and he has one of the best arms in the league. And I personally think he's probably like up there in top three catchers in the league. I think he's going to be on the Cubs the longest out of any of the core players. But you brought, you were talking about guys like Howie Kendrick and filling that hole at second base. I don't think Nico Horner is, you know, necessarily ready to be thrown out there every single day. Right. Um, 
But a guy that catches my eye that the Cubs could afford, Jason Kipnis. He could definitely fill the hole at second because we know Addison Russell's not coming back and Zobris isn't coming back. He's got a little bit of a bat. His fielding is okay. He's a little on the slower end, but, you know, with Javi's quick hands over there at shortstop, I think Jason Kipnis would be a great fit to the organization. Yeah, I think if he came in kind of in a more limited role, like not an an everyday type of guy, just with the recent injuries and whatnot, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Also, it would be nice to have another veteran lefty bat in there, uh, you know, just to have... You know, I don't think uh, Daniel Descalso is going to be rebounding big time. You know, he started off last year very solid. Then he had the ankle injury, and he's an older guy. So I think you're definitely going to want to find somebody better than that, at least to be depth. Uh, So that is an intriguing name. Uh, There was a few other guys on the market, uh, you know, older guys, but... Not really ones you'd look at full time. You look at a guy like Neil Walker, that would be a guy you would get like at the trade deadline for bat depth and whatnot. But you also got to remember, too, that going into this year, we're going to be entering the first year of the uh, not so big expanded rosters later in the season. Uh, so you got to pick and choose, really. It's it, it makes things a little different than usual. Now, Garrett Cole. That's the big if everyone's talking about. But I think a more realistic option, if the Cubs could somehow go out and fill their voids first, because I don't think this is a huge necessity, but I do like Madison Bumgarner. If you could get him for the right price, I think he would be a nice addition to the rotation. Yeah, I would I would like him too because he's shown over and over that he still has it. Even in flashes where it looked like he didn't, he still has the stuff. Do I see that happening? No, but I think they should try. I think they should definitely try. If if I'm a betting man, I think he goes back to San Francisco, but you know, things happen and I think the Cubs would be wise to at least be in on a guy like that. Other teams are going to be in on him too, um, but I definitely think they'll at least be looking at him as an option before anything is official. I mean, you kind of have to. you gotta, you got to restock some of your rotation here. you got to make some changes there. I, this is a good spot to replace Cole Hamels. Now, if Cole Hamels didn't get hurt last year, because before he got hurt, he was doing very, very well. But the injury kind of derailed him. And with his age, you just don't know if he's going to rebound. So like you said, he's probably not coming back. So, yeah, when you're replacing a guy like Cole Hamels, you'll be looking at guys with experience. And believe me, Bumgarner has plenty of it. So, Alex, I do want to thank you for taking the time to sit in Section 312. I got a couple final questions here before I let you go. Mm -hmm. Sticking with the Cubs. Biggest move this offseason, who do you think is the biggest name that does not return to the clubhouse? Oh, biggest name. That's a good question. I mean, outside the obvious, like the free agents. Hmm. See, I, I think we could be looking at, I'm not necessarily saying I agree with it, but I think we do have to look at the possibility that a Kyle Schwarber will not be here next year. Uh, I, I think that there's a very big possibility that he could get dealt. Again, I'm not saying that's the move I would make, but I definitely think it's possible. 
So that's probably who I'm going to go with because you're not going to get rid of Anthony Rizzo. You're not going to get rid of Javier Baez. I know there's a lot of talk about trading Chris Bryant, but I think it's being oversimplified kind of in conversation and baseball conversation because maybe there is a trade for Chris Bryant that could work for the Cubs, but it's easier said than done, and it's going to really have to wow the Cubs in order to do it. So I am still more on thinking he's going to be coming back. But Kyle Schwarber, I could see him being traded away. So that's probably who I think right now. All right, before I let you go, I'm going to fire off a couple rant, a couple hot topics here regarding the Cubs. I just want straight answers. I got about three of them here. Get your thoughts on them. Okay. Jason Hayward, still a Cub after this offseason. Yes. The Cubs over 90 wins next year. Yes. Any real scenario that the Cubs trade with the Red Sox for Mookie Betts? No. All right, Alex. Thank you for taking the time to sit in Section 312. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks for having me. Take care. And now, a word from our sponsors. And that interview with Alex Pat is brought to you by our good friends at Karaoke Adventure. Do you guys want the best entertainment around? Everything that you need for a singing good time. We talk about it every single week, guys. They do birthday parties, block parties, family gatherings, a night with friends, whatever you want. Is there ever a wrong time to do karaoke? I mean, you're singing in the shower. You're singing when pizza's on the way. You're singing to sing. (laughs) Karaoke adventure. It's an adventure. It's a singing good time. They've been doing it for over 30 years of experience. They bring everything to you, the PA, the TVs, the mics, the lighting. I told you, they do everything. You, you're you renting out a bar. You're renting out a log cabin, Airbnb. Give them a call, Karaoke Adventure, at 773-732-6597. Karaoke Adventure. I, I try to sing. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's not good. But you can follow them on Facebook. See more videos now of me singing karaoke adventure at facebook.com today. You remind me of Buddy Buddy the Elf when he when he's talking to to Zoe Deschanel where where he's like <laughs> anyone can sing you just gotta like you know do it you know just regular how you talk and you just make it sound like you're singing. <laughs> so let's get into a segment here. It kind of has to go with our starting five. But it is time for Sneedler's List. Yes, sir, boys and girls. The the moment we've all been waiting for, at least I've been waiting for. <laughs> so for this week, we're switching things up. Not We kind of had two straight weeks of sports stuff. Um, so this week, we're going in the, in the spirit of October. This is the best time to watch your scary movies. Fill your tank on scary movies. So this is top 10 underrated horror movies, and these are movies that I myself have seen. So it's a little bit different than some of the other lists where there's a bunch of random movies from like Argentina where these people on BuzzFeed are like, this is a great movie. Well, I've never seen it. So this is my list of my my favorite underrated horror movies. So getting us started, number 10, it's called Stung. It's on Hulu. And if you want just a popcorn-eating like mind-numbing entertainment movie that's stung it's a bunch of like big ass bees and they 
they kind of like eat people and then they turn into giant bees and then they try to kill these other people and there's like a bee dog it it sounds ridiculous but that's why it's fantastic gotta watch it number nine await further instructions it's on netflix kind of another like and that that's gonna fit the theme of underrated where in my opinion you need to watch it await further instructions quick synopsis these people, they have family issues. They're in, they're in town for the holidays, and they've you know they've got these problems. So at night, the son, he's like, I'm out of here. My parents are mean. Everyone's mean. I'm leaving. So him and his girlfriend try to leave, but they can't because it turns out there's like a big alien that's like eating their house or something like that, and it like tells them what to do. Crazy movie, but crazy awesome. Number eight, climax. I was debating on if this is exactly a horror movie, but I love this movie and it could kind of be a horror movie so i'm counting it this is my list if you want to make your own list go ahead and do it but climax terrific movie need to watch it i don't like foreign films too much it's a foreign film but i love it it's a bunch of dancers and they're they're all dancing at this thing and their punch gets spiked with lsd and they don't know that they that it did and they don't know who did it so it's this whole thing where some of the people are enjoying themselves, some people die, some people are having a terrible time, obviously, with death. So just a terrific movie. Number seven is Tusk. You can watch it on Netflix. It is, to sum it up clearly, a guy gets kidnapped and turned into a walrus. That's all you need to know. It's terrific. Yeah, but um, you got, you left, you know, that, what's his name? The dude from Justin Long. Justin Long is in it. Yeah, Justin Long is in it, and that makes it so much better. Yes. Number six, Splinter. It's from 2008, and the only real big name in that movie is the lady from Wipeout. If you remember the Wipeout show, the little sideline reporter, she's in this movie. It's called Splinter. You can watch it on Hulu. It is terrific. It's a low-budget horror movie about this little alien thing, and if it pricks you, then it, like, basically becomes you and those are the kind of movies i like some body horror some they're hiding in a gas station it's terrific number five terrifier it's on netflix i actually heard about this movie from uh looking at another list of underrated scary movies terrifier a low budget clown movie so if you don't like clowns this is definitely the one for you i myself am not afraid of clowns so i like this movie a lot the guy who plays the clown is actually a mime. He performs as a mime in real life. So he puts on a very good performance as this terrifying clown. Number four, Little Monsters, the newest movie on my list. It is on Hulu. It has Lapita Nyong'o in it. And another just – and Josh Gad from Frozen fame. Uh, just another entertaining little movie. It's a zombie movie, but it's kind of funny because she's she's a preschool teacher. So she's with all these preschool kids. And obviously she's not going to scare them and tell them that all these people are zombies. So she tries to tell them that it's a game and that they're playing tag. So I think that is terrific. It's funny. Number three, Dark Skies, my favorite alien movie. And it's from 2013. And like I said, underrated horror movie because when you think of alien movies, you don't think of Dark Skies. But if you haven't seen it, definitely should check it out. Number two, The Invitation. You can watch it on Netflix. It's from 2015. Quick synopsis. This dude, 
he was married and then their kid died so then they got divorced so now he hasn't talked to her in like two years and all of a sudden he gets an invitation from her that she's having some dinner party so all these people come to this dinner party and he's the only one who's like this is kind of weird and sure enough everyone hates him because he keeps saying things are weird and sure enough he was right the whole time things are weird i'm not going to spoil it but you should definitely watch it and number one my my list of underrated scary movies Midsommar from A24 and the fantastic Ari Aster, who you might know from the movie Hereditary. That was his first movie, Midsommar. His second movie, he wrote and directed it. It is a terrifically uncomfortable, great time. And that is my list of underrated, scary movies. You should watch them all after you're done listening to this show. That makes me just want to jump right into it. We're going to do the starting five. Scary characters. Got you hyped. You're hype man. Hype man, hype beast. We're going to do it right here, right now. And Jeremy, you get to choose. Where do you want to go? What? The heads or tails? Or am I picking first? I'll pick first. I, yeah. I have no problem with that. You want first pick? Sure. All right. Vance, heads or tails? Tails. Flip a coin. It's tails. All right, where do you want? I'll go. With, I'll double up third and third and fourth. Okay, guys, this is scary characters. It doesn't have to be just from a movie. It can be from a video game. Just scary characters. Okay, well, starting things off, my number one pick. If we're talking scary characters, you got to go with Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise. They've made like twenty of those movies, so he's got longevity. And that's just a terrifying concept. This guy with pins sticking out of his head, and he's a—he's like a demon, and he kills people. It's terrifying. <laughs> you know, I've—I n- know the character. I've never seen the movie though. Neither have I. But that's what I'm saying. He's recognizable though. You know the face, and that's a face you don't want to see. Okay, so I feel like every week we do this, I'm like in a complete different boat than both of you, and I'm gonna continue that tread. So. You're going to pick Kiwi Herman? No, no, God, no. <laughs> I'm going to take Cindy Campbell for my first pick. From Scream? Cindy Campbell from Scream. Because they're always making her two on Scary Movie. They're always making fun of her that way as well. And it's like all these bad events happen when she's around. And I think that's super scary to have in your friend group. I'm taking Cindy Campbell. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's a backdoor one right there. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, I mean, since I got the two back to back picks, it'll be, you know, a good combination here. Um, you know, they had all the movies facing each other, you know, Freddie and Jason. I'll, I mean, I'll just take them both. Oof. Double Solid. Up. Solid. So then am I, back to, am I back to me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if I have Cindy Campbell in my friends group, I definitely wouldn't want courage because, you know, Eustace and Muriel are living in the middle of nowhere and all these random ass events are always happening and they don't realize it's because of the fucking dog and the dog is like some secret CIA agent that we don't know that about. Is, that's not true at all. What show have you been watching? I'm, I'm taking courage, the cowardly dog, because that dog is, you know, frightening. I didn't like that dog either. Though. No, he's frightened. No, he's he, terrified of the world around him. Yeah, and that's frightening. 
that he's scared of everything. Oh. <laughs> was he pink? Yeah, he was pink. Why was <laughs> damn right he was. Damn right he was. That's my dude, man. Courage is my dude, man. I'm I'm upset with you bringing his name up like that. <laughs> he said, put some respect on Courage go... Me and, me and Courage go way back, man. <laughs> back to his childhood. Right, well, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, hit me right in the childhood. Um, moving on. Pinhead was my first choice. And sticking with classic movie monsters that you've probably seen, but you've never actually seen the movie, I will take Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead? Oh, my God, yeah. There's been, like, 20 of those movies, too. Pumpkinhead, he's this demon, some dad, his son dies, so he calls on this demon to try to, like, save his son, and of course, whenever that happens, nothing good comes of it, and now there's been, like, 20 Pumpkinhead movies, and he's just this giant demon pumpkin monster, it's it's terrific 80s fanfare for everybody. Okay, Pumpkinhead, okay. Pumpkinhead and Pumpkinhead. So just like my fantasy team with Carry On and David Johnson. I should have known that was a mistake at the beginning to go with Johnson and Johnson. So we're going with Pinhead and Pumpkinhead here. My next one, so Freddie and Jason got taken off the board, and I've gone a little out of my ways with the first two, so I might as well take the veteran and uh, go with Mike Myers. Uh, that's a good one. He was the number one. That's my that's my Tom Brady pick. He's Number he's one always in my power uh, rankings. <laughs> he he always gets it done. He always, somehow some way you can kill him and he'll still come back somehow. Right. That's you can burn one. him in a house. Spoiler alert for the new movie. <laughs> but somehow he's still gonna come back. I'm gonna go with Predator. Nice. Cause that thing can turn invisible. And it's got, like, the Super Saiyan eyeglass so it can, like, see everything. <laughs> that thing is frightening as all hell. And Arnold Schwarzenegger almost couldn't even take him out. <laughs> imagine if imagine if a Predator had those Super Saiyan abilities, too. Now, there's a movie. All right, so I got my two picks here. I'm going to go with... This one, for me, is, like, a personal... I don't know. It freaked me out when I was a kid, and I never have watched it since. Chucky. I do not like hmm. Chucky. Yeah, and I wasn't really a fan either. That kind of terrified me for some reason when I was a kid, and I don't know why. I mean, I was younger, and it still always stuck with me. Like, I'm grown, and I'm like, oh, hell no. I don't want to see that dog. Not with it. So then that was the one, and then the other one, I'll kind of stick with the kind of the theme of these weird ones. Um, I'm going to go with It, the clown. He's talked about clowns earlier. Oh, Pennywise? Yeah. Pennywise, the dancing clown. Let's go. <laughs> um okay for my third my fourth pick here i'm going to go with uh man i don't know you know what uh i don't know i don't know who to go with for this pick oh okay i'm gonna go with the pig face girl from saw Oh, yeah. The girl with the pig mask, that used to scare the shit out of me. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. So now, for my last two picks, 
so now, I'm I'm gonna say this because I don't get actually like scared scared too much in scary movies. Like sure I'll jump, you know, like there's those jump scares and and all that stuff. But this is a movie that actually kind of scared me, and that is it the first Insidious movie, and the main guy in the Insidious in the first Insidious movie, the lipstick demon. Remember that red hmm. guy from from Insidious? That scene, that scene where they're sitting at the table and they they pan over and the lipstick demon pops out where he's behind he's behind the the dad. That that gets me, man. I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I know of what that. you're talking about. Yeah. So I've that's seen that movie once a long time ago. Yeah. So mean. that's that's like an OG for my gen, like for our generation, <laughs> I guess now because Insidious <laughs> is even a little 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 bit ago. And then uh, yeah. speaking speaking with the dog theme and Stephen King like Pennywise, I'll go Cujo, Cujo Ooh. for my for my fifth pick. That's a sleeper pick right there. D- dogs can be terrifying, especially a, a little like zombie whatever Cujo is, zombie big dog Saint Bernard. Like that's a little bit of a scary concept. I've been attacked by dogs before, and I don't I don't know if I want Cujo coming after me. <laughs> Okay, so for my fifth and my final pick, right? This is my fifth one? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. My fifth my fifth pick, I am going to go with the lady from Misery. Oh, yeah. Cause she kidnapped an author and broke his ankles. Like in bed, sledgehammer broke his fucking ankles. Yeah. Yeah. Just walk it off. <laughs> all right for my last pick i'm gonna fill out the uh the big five you know like my whole starting lineup here i'm gonna take hannibal lecter you're not necessarily the true scary but creepy kind of concept there and was not a fan of him he was a pretty pretty creepy dude yeah. yeah, I never, I never really watched the Silence of the Lambs or you know the Hannibal Lecter movies, but it's good. I, the, what always frustrated me with the Silence of the Lambs is they always categorize it as a scary movie, but I'm like, eh, it's not really. It's more of a thriller than it yeah, is. Yeah, I was like, thinking the scary. same thing. It's more psychological. It's not like yeah, scary like you know what It's like a crime. It's like a crime drama. Yeah, right. Yeah, to, like, for the for the majority yeah, of the movie, like thing. Yeah, for the majority of the movie, she's just a cop trying to find Buffalo Bill. <laughs> yeah. So that was our starting five scary characters. Think of it what you want. Our lists could be good. They could be bad. People didn't well, really like to pick, but. Honorable mention, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. That's a good one. Honorable mention. Okay. I take the, the Scream guy as an honorable Ghostface? Yeah. Ghostface? Ghostface? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw that online, and I didn't know that was really his name. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah, because that's, that's part of why Scream is so great, because that's the guy's... His name is Ghostface. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so... My bench player, I'm going to say that Momo meme. Momo? <laughs> that thing is super weird. That was kind of frightening. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to rapid fire this last section here to end out the show. NBA season starts tonight. Lakers Clippers. I got the Clippers. 
even without Paul George, I think Kawhi gets it done. What, tonight or like the whole season? Tonight. Just game for tonight's game only? I think the Lakers. Who cares about. Who cares? <laughs> the long season. First, first, yeah, the first game of the NBA season is probably the least important game that they'll play the entire season. I know, but the NBA is back, man, and you could feel it. I know, but I, I was excited. I was excited for the NBA opening opening night until Zion got there. Zion got there. Now I don't really care. Yeah, now I don't really care. He's out six to eight weeks, torn meniscus. But yeah, I know. But the Bulls look good in the preseason. Hey, yeah. the Bull the Bulls are a sleeper sleeper playoff team. Hey, I, I stopped. They'll be on the fringe. I said no I said it first. They're gonna make the playoffs. Seventh or eighth seed. I just want credit where credit is due when they make the playoffs. But you also picked the Twins to win the World Series. So I don't know your <laughs> opinion, if your opinion matters. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Hypothetical here. Will the Nets be the best team in the East when KD is healthy? No. Why? Because who else do they have? They have Car- they have Kyrie and KD and what? Karis Levert? That's, that's great. DeAndre Jordan's not bad. Torian Prince is underrated. I mean, I think he's a pretty good player. I like the Allen kid, too. He's big out of Texas. Jared Allen? Yeah, Jared he's Allen. athletic for a Allen Crabb or whatever? No, uh-huh. Jared Allen. Yeah, the big Jared, fro. Like J-A-R-R-T. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fro. They got some pieces, and I mean, another free agency year, I mean, I don't know maybe if they're too cap-strapped or not, but, you know, maybe if they find a mid-level exception and they can get one more piece. Here's the three. Here, I can already give you three teams that'll still be better than the Nets when Kevin Durant comes back. Milwaukee, because of Mr. Antetokounmpo. You have Philly, because their lineup is stacked. And then like you have the, the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are still going to be a sleeper good I don't, team. I don't know about that team. As long as they stay together, if they can, if they can get their, if they can get their crap together, <laughs> they have a talented like team. Brown is a little up and down. I like Brown, but he's a little up and down. You were okay. talking about those extensions, right? Or you wanted yeah. to talk about those extensions? Yeah. Here we they go. It makes sense it, though for the, you know, they don't want guys to go restricted. It does not make any sense. Okay. You don't think so? <laughs> it does not make any sense. Jalen Brown deserves 115 million dollars. You are on. Heaven. Haven't you figured it out yet? Haven't you figured it out yet, though, that anybody with any sort of talent in the NBA is apparently a $100 million man? And that's where I'm different. Put me in the general manager role. (laughs) Yeah, with the Bulls, all right? I'm sorry, Jake Brown. You're not getting $115 million. You're not. Didn't you... Like, the thing is, on the open market, he might have got more. I mean, I honestly think that. Like, he might have got more hitting an open market. But didn't you see the... Didn't you see the stat about Ezekiel Elliott when he had his contract holdout that even like Mason Plumley was making more money than than Ezekiel Elliott was? <laughs> that's what that's crazy in my eyes. That is yeah, they're crazy. Buddy, yeah, he, the NBA is flush with cash right now. Another guy in in Sacramento gets Buddy years ninety five million. See, I like Buddy Heald, though, and I think that I think that's smarter for Sacramento to sign him to an extension that's than a good it was. Deal for them. But is Buddy Heald 
worth $22.5 million a year? And but maybe not. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, in today's Yeah, idea, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's standard it now, but if you're Sacramento, you lock down Buddy Heald because then you have De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, uh, you know, as your backcourt for the next four or five years. Buddy Heald. 40% three-point shooters don't grow on trees. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of the way it is. Okay, but not going to pay Buddy Heald $22.5 million. Ooh, don't sleep on Buddy. That's my guy. I mean, I, I think that was a smart deal for them, like I said. I mean, it, just guys are getting paid. It's crazy. He would have probably got $120 million on the open market or something stupid. And you're like, what? <laughs> for Buddy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you just protect at least $25 million and you get it done early. And you know what you know, I mean? I just, I get it. I think, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I, 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 I honestly, I don't like I don't like how all these you know, lower end guys are getting huge contracts like this. Look I mean, okay for the years if you want to lock them down yearly wise, but I mean, Buddy Heald, if I'm a general manager, I don't think Buddy Heald's worth $22.5 million. Let's walk. The Bulls have a guy like Otto Porter that's just like that on their team. He got a crazy contract, and it's like, there's no way I would pay him that kind of money. His is like twenty some million, or he's over twenty million dollars. Well, that's because the Wizards were just—they were just handing out hundred million dollar contracts to anybody. Well, the Nets had offered him in restricted free agency, and they had to match it to keep him, and they did. And it was like a full max at the time, like twenty-two some million dollar max, four or five years. Hmm. All right, guys. Before we end the show, give me your hot take for this NBA season since it is NBA season. My hot take is the Denver Nuggets are going to win the championship. Cool. You heard it here. That's my team, and I'm sticking with them. I mean, I'll, take a, I'll take a big shot. Um, uh, my big, you know, big take or whatever, I would say LeBron wins another MVP. They put that team together. He comes back to form. I mean, I don't think he ever lost it to begin with. He just got hurt. Yeah. And then okay. they got some pieces around him. I mean, he could get a lot of assists when the team he's got running with him now. And I'm going to end the show with this. Kobe White wins Rookie of the Year. Ooh. I hope. It's doable. Mic right? drop. Mic drop. Just if, if, Zion, if Zion continues to get hurt and if he if he ends up doing what a lot of the first number one picks are doing where they sit out the whole year, I mean, it's possible. So that is our show, Section 312. You guys can follow us on all social media at Section 312 Show. Yes, DIT guy changed the handle, made it easier for you guys. We're on everything, Section 312 Show. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also check us out at our networks page at mwsn.net. That is the Midwest Sports Network. As you guys could tell, our IT guy is not here right now. He's on a mini vacation break from the show. But you guys can check us out on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, or go to SC, go to section312.com and check out our shop. We have some great merchandise. Until next time, this is Section 3, 1, 2.